Welcome back to the Mental Health Commute with Dr. Walt Duffy and Matt Duffy. This episode is the return of the masks. We're starting to see a rise of some of the COVID cases, especially the Delta variant. And there's a lot of debate around this. I was telling the folks in the room that in our local school system, I just saw where pre-K through sixth grade in the public schools, teachers and the pupils, the students will be required to wear masks. The first mask, of course, was Jim Carrey. So then the <laughs> return came back, and it was the dog, I think. So uh-huh. this time we're just going to be able to put the masks on the animals, <laughs> right? And we're not going to have to worry about it. What we're thinking about is how can people better prepare or not have the same effects as the previous time? And the first thing I think we need to realize is this time it's more of a known versus an unknown and how that can affect a mindset and just reduce the anxieties around something when you can be more predictable and know more of what to expect versus kind of wondering day to day what's going to happen. Yeah, so it comes back like that. I think people are still wondering day to day right now, are we going to have to wear them? Are we not? Finally, we got these things off and (laughs) here they come back on. I had an interesting comment from a parent in that they said, well, you know, my child is sort of used to wearing a mask. It will just be sort of normal for them. For some of the kids, and that might be true for some of the younger kids, you know, I think of it from a little bit different standpoint in that you're wearing masks. Well, the way our young kids look at others and view like emotions, perceptions in that Will that change for them? Because they're at a very young age where they're starting to learn all these things. Will they be recognizing different facial cues than the rest of us have when we've grown up without masks? I was back to the the nonverbal communications. That was one of our very first episodes, I think. When I think of why there's anxiety around masks potentially returning and what we went through this last year, I don't think a lot of it actually has to do with wearing a mask because that's a very it's annoying and a lot of people don't like it and there's some (laughs) sometimes the personal don't control my life from the government things but I think anxieties around masks coming back have more to do with what comes with the masks and the spike we saw in mental health cases last year you know depression went up anxieties went up and those weren't related necessarily to the mask what can people do potentially looking at what has happened and what caused some of those spikes in those different disease states that this time that when you look at the mask potentially coming back, maybe all those other things don't have to come back with it. Yeah, well, I think they might not because people have a template to go by this time, right? Of possibilities, at least. Before it was all unknown. What is going to happen? What might happen? When is it going to be lifted? Well, I get to go back into the office to work. We'll all be remote. What's going to happen like with telehealth for mental health and physical health. But now we know what a lot of the possibilities are that exist. It's quicker to be able to make adjustments. I think just knowing what those possibilities are give people, even if it's annoying to them, it gives them some comfort that, okay, if this has to go back around, at least I know what the possibilities are. You know, before we had like the run on the toilet paper, (laughs) people hoarding toilet paper. We were just talking about the different things that you could limit one or two things you could buy. I think that would be markedly different. The supply chain would be different coming into the stores because they've worked out a lot of things. 
A lot of it still has to do with that imposition on your life that you are not deciding, right? And we still have a lot of, I'll call it disconnect between people out there of those who, oh, get the mask on right away for everybody or those that don't. Or we talked about like the vaccination cards like we've seen in New York City to be able to go into public places. You know, you're going to be required to have those can you find your vaccination card that can create anxiety where is that thing and do i have to make a copy of it do i have to put it in a safe box you know do we laminate those things like driver license those are the newer things that i think are gonna come up is this gonna be a recurrent thing sort of like flu season yeah and i don't think we're on this one we're gonna debate much of those things but there are some differences this time right the first big one being there is a vaccination out there and a lot of people have received the vaccination which is why I think the the mask mandate we're seeing initially come to the populations who aren't allowed or haven't been able to get the vaccination yet. And it's a lot more about protecting those still highly vulnerable populations than the general population at large. The other one I think is, I assume, and I'm not the expert, but, but you're more of an expert than I am, that a lot of what occurred last year came about because of two things. One, just general fear and anxiety around not knowing what was going to happen and how catching this disease could affect you. And resulting from that was the high degree that people started social isolation. One of the ones that we can address going forward is even if the mass mandate comes back, how do we not have people go into social isolation because of it? Because I think that compounds the fear, compounds the anxiety, and then removing yourself from society... (laughs) purposeful or mandated causes things like depression and anxiety and just having a lower outlook on life in general and some of those compounded factors that came about last year. I would make a plan depending on what comes into play that you have a way to get out and do things socially, how you're going to do that, especially as we get into the at least here in the Midwest and places, get into the winter months. That already causes some isolation to some degree. I think some of the activities that people sort of shut down, they're not going to be so willing to do that. They want that interaction. I do think people fear about things like nursing homes, hospitals, if they have loved ones going there. But it's really sort of putting in a plan now to talk with family members, relatives, friends. Okay, if these things are starting to come back, how can we stay connected? Before it was sort of this immediate thing that happened all spontaneously and everybody was just sort of lost, I think. You know, what do we do? And now you have a chance to plan for it. In case these things come into play, you have a plan of action to put into place. Yeah, last time it was, right, if you were going to go see grandma, you had to have a house in between you and them and you had to interact through a window versus this time, hopefully there's an ability to have more, even if you still want a social distance, or those things. You don't have to have the extreme separation or concerns about, am I going to impact somebody else if I potentially bring COVID around? If you've been vaccinated, you know, you have a level of comfort, right? You should have some level of comfort. So hopefully the other ones around you have been vaccinated. I think that's where some of the fear is now as some of the mandates come in. Who's vaccinated? Who's not vaccinated? I don't know. Can I ask? You know, those are sort of tricky questions. Am I going to be shut down and put into place because other people are not getting vaccinated? Is that going to impact my life? You know, so that can create some anxiety and frustration for people. 
I think that, you know, it's all sort of working together to get through this. A lot of it is still unknown, and you're going to hear things from both sides of the aisle that it doesn't matter whether you wear the mask or not, or you can go. What about the younger children? Should you get uh, boosters? Another thing just came out, I think uh, just uh, yesterday, or I saw it this morning, where now there's going to be another panel that they're not sure if a booster is going to be given pretty soon or not. When will it be given? That's sort of all up for debate right now. The other thing I think we need to address is the population of people who either their mental health state worsened because of COVID and everything, or they developed something new. And over these past few months, they returned more to a previous state, whether that their symptoms have just gotten better, or they were able to go into full remission. And we know just in general, when that happens, people have a high fear of relapse. And I think for some people, there's this initial fear of, am I going to relapse if all this comes back? And I think our experience is a lot of people, when this fear of relapse comes, their way of addressing it is to pretend it's not happening. (laughs) Instead of people just worrying about, am I going to get worse again, and attempting to prevent it by not doing anything about it, what's a better strategy for them with their therapist, provider, family practice, whoever they see or were seen before to prevent a relapse or minimize the effects of a relapse? I think it's one to bring those fears up now in treatment. You know, as we talk about this, I'm just thinking that I've seen a definite sort of improvement in quite a few of the people I see and a relaxation that they can come in without a mask. I mean, they really want to be seen in person. They want to see your whole face, and it's different over telehealth versus in person. They want to engage, touch. Can we, like, touch elbows? Can we handshake? You know, so it's planning for that. I think it's very, very important that some people continue to be seen in person. You know, when we switch to telehealth, there's been a big push to uh, by some that, well, it can all be done over telehealth. Well, it can't all be done over telehealth. Um, There's some folks who it's very, very important for them to engage in person. Being able to offer that, like we do at Elevation, both in person and telehealth, allows the flexibility for people to be able to continue to engage. Back to your main point, I think it's, this is interesting, this conversation is bringing this up in my mind because I'm thinking about uh, some of the folks I see. We we should be talking about that. Hey, if this is coming on, what are we going to do? Let's have a plan in place for it. So thank you for joining us on this episode of the Mental Health Commute. Be sure to subscribe, download, like us, and also send any comments, questions to podcast at elevation.com.